Strapping Kids, episode 430 of Canada's Pinball Podcast begins right now where we're going to talk about Rick and Morty and will this game sell out in one day? Lots of discussion about that. Stupid discussion about whether or not there's taxes in your state around buying pinball machines. The Star Wars topper puts the plaque in a really weird position and Hot Wheels Pinball from American Pinball. We're going to talk about whether or not we think that that rumored title is going to be the next game from American Pinball. So let's let's do this. Let's flip it up a little bit. Let's start out with Hot Wheels because on the last episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I talked about how I believe the rumored next title from American Pinball is going to be Hot Wheels. Now, here ha- here is what has not happened over the last 48 hours, which leads me to believe that this rumor is true. I have not heard anything from anyone at American Pinball asking me to maybe take it down. They haven't chimed in with anything. Now, last time I had a rumor about American Pinball, about Joe Balser no longer being there, they immediately responded to me and said that that was false to please retract what I said, and I did, but nothing, nothing, and we know that they are active on Pinside, and if this was wrong, if this was inaccurate, would they chime in and clarify that Hot Wheels is in fact not coming out from them? So, I I don't know, I'm a little bit torn on this, because if, if they come out and they say it's not, okay, then they kill it. But if they come out and don't say anything at all, that still creates an atmosphere of speculation on whether or not it's true or not. Now, as I've said, I know they're working on two titles simultaneously, one of which is a theme. Now, the other thing I heard from someone pretty reputable in the industry was that Poker Run is also being worked on by Brian Adelson, maybe that's his name? Uh, I'm not sure if I got that right or not. But there's no way that American Pinball can be making Poker Run and Hot Wheels at the same time. I think Poker Run was meant to throw us off. I think it was that was the diversion. Um, That was the uh, sort of uh, smokescreen, if you will, to Hot Wheels. Now, Let's talk about Hot Wheels for a little bit because I was fully expecting the response from Hot Wheels being the next theme to be not very welcomed and not positively received. And I have to say, after reading everybody's feedback around Hot Wheels, I think the jury's divided. I think some people think that it's a terrible theme. I think some people are excited by Hot Wheels. Uh, But the excited camp, to me is is more about like let's wait and see what the game is i don't think for most people it's a take my money now theme i don't and i've said this before theme is really important and we're seeing what's happening right now with the rick and morty thread and how people are already already wanting to just buy a game they haven't even seen yet because of the theme alone And that just goes to show the power of the theme. Hot Wheels is not a take my money now, no questions asked theme, all right? So what do I think? What do I think? I think some people out there who think that they should make Fast and the Furious instead are are idiotic because the Fast and the Furious theme would cost way more money 
than Hot Wheels, way more money than Jurassic Park, way more money than most modern movie themes because if you look at the actors that are in Fast and the Furious, there is no way you are going to be able to afford The Rock, who's the most expensive male actor in Hollywood, and you have Vin Diesel, you've got Paul Walker, got to deal with his estate, you've got Ludacris, you've got uh, Tyrese, all these all these famous actors, and then the music in Fast and the Furious 2 is some of the most expensive music. No way I think we ever see a Fast and the Furious pinball machine ever because of that reason, all right? Now, Hot Wheels is a wait-and-see title for people, uh, you know, and I think it's going to happen. I really do. I think Hot Wheels is the next game from American Pinball. Now, here's the other thing I heard about American Pinball recently. And this just, uh, you know, when we discuss theme and how important it is, and we discuss, like, what people want in a pinball machine, how many, how many games do you think American Pinball has sold to date? How many Houdinis and how many Oktoberfest games have sold to date? Now, I've, I've heard from a few very reputable sources, and this is coming from within the distributor world, and they know very well how well games are selling. What if I told you, I heard that Houdini, uh, I think they made 500 Houdinis, and I heard there are still uh, a bunch still in box. Okay, I heard the number that I heard there might still be in boxes between one and 150 still available, new in box, available either from American Pinball or from distributors. Okay, now look, that was their first title. We know they rushed Houdini out. They made it in less than a year. But here's where it gets really bad for me, is when you hear the sales number of Oktoberfest. I mean, they literally did zero market research and they let Joe Balser make a game that he's always wanted to make and they made Oktoberfest. I'm hearing that Oktoberfest has sold less than 300 units. Less than 300. And it's been out now over a year. They're still working on the code. They just did a big code update. Now they're trying to sell people five prototype cabinet artwork versions of the game. Why didn't this game sell? What happened that made Oktoberfest such an abysmal sales game for American Pinball? But the real, the other thing is this, how did they get it so wrong? When American Pinball came out and they first signed on with John Papaduke, here's what I don't get. If you're American Pinball, you have access to everything going on in the pinball world. You know what people want. You know how to make a game that's going to sell because we can see it happening left and right. You know you need a few things. You need a theme people want. You need great artwork. And you need a world under glass where the game is designed and fun to shoot. And I don't know how they got two out of the three most important things so horribly wrong on the first two titles. All right? They got the theme wrong. They got the art wrong. And on some of them, they got the design wrong. I mean, I would argue that like Houdini uh, it was too difficult of a game to pull people in, right? There wasn't even a Whitewood. The artwork, very questionable. I still think they should have gone with the Matt Andrews artwork that he did for the John Papaduke Houdini. It would have sold way better, way better than the Steampunk, okay? But then Houdini, it's like, eh, you know, okay, maybe, all right. But, uh, you know, the execution just kind of was like almost there. 
But it, I, I give them such a break on Houdini. It was Oktoberfest. There is no way they ever should have made that theme. It's like up there with full throttle bad. It's up there with Mustang bad. It's just ridiculous. So my question to everybody is this. What's done is done. It's happened already. They made that game. But who's accountable for that game? Who's accountable? If it was Joe Balser's idea to make that game, and they put two years of research and development into it, all the money to go into making that game, who's accountable for the abysmal sales numbers? Who do you hold accountable? See, that's the hard part with the pinball company, because even though Joe Balser talked them into making it, on some level, Dobble, it's his company, he made the ultimate decision to go along with it. And so ultimately, he's accountable too. They're all accountable. The company went all in on a game that nobody really wanted. And it doesn't matter what a few pinheads who enjoy the game think. The game was a sales disaster. Okay? And I've said it from day one. Remember this. Remember that American Pinball wanted to hit me up and talk to me about licensing and merchandising and figuring themes out. Never heard back from them. And I was talking to my, my boy, Zach Many about this. Zach, I'm going to throw you into the show without your permission. Can you imagine if they just got a few of us, right? Maybe Zach, maybe me, maybe a few more people in the industry just got us together and said, hey, look, we want to we wanna sit with you guys and help us pick our next theme under an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. I could sit down with American Pinball and help them figure this thing out. Because here's why it saddens me. These guys build great games. American Pinball's quality is phenomenal. Their games are like tanks. If Davo knows how to do anything, he knows how to build something freaking amazingly well. And they've just been applying their efforts in the worst way possible. So will Hot Wheels be them turning the corner or will it not? Is it the theme people want? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the, the, what they think. I, I really don't. And what, what I don't understand is this. They clearly have a lot of money. How do you have enough money to start a pinball company, but then not enough money to, to go get a license people want? I don't get it. I don't get it. But here's something a little birdie told me. And this little birdie knows people at Spooky, knows people other places. And he said, look, if you think for a minute that Stern didn't pass on Rick and Morty before Spooky got it, you're crazy. And the ultimate reality is that most licenses that people want, Stern Pinball has it or, or passed on it or, or, or is sitting on it, right? That it's not that easy to go out in the pinball world now and go ink deals in which a manufacturer like Stern has all of the relationships, has 30 plus years of experience and gets the games out. I mean, it, you know, if I was Jody, imagine a sales tactic when you're talking to a licensor and says, hey, look, do you want to put your license in our hands and look what we've done? Or do you want to go with the boutique manufacturer and look what's happened in that world? And you could easily point at the majority of boutique companies that have failed. And also, you know, you point at American Pinball, in, in how many years have they been around and they haven't even sold like a thousand games? And Stern is selling 10,000 plus games, maybe more a year, maybe 15,000 a year. And, and, and so it would take 10 years 
for, for American Pinball to reach what Stern does in one year. It's absolutely incredible. And I want them to be successful. I want them to pick themes people want. I'm just not so sure that Hot Wheels is going to be it. I think it's going to be a wait and see kind of theme. Uh, but it's not going to be like pull the curtain off it and take my money now. All right, Rick and Morty, the take my now kind of theme. So what I want to talk about with Rick and Morty is the question of the day. And that is, will this game sell out immediately? Will it? Will all 750 be spoken for? So here's, here's how I want to discuss this. And we're going to be talking a lot of Rick and Morty over the next couple of weeks because we're going to see the game. But before I talk about will it sell out or not, I think there's one really important factor that not a lot of people are talking about, or maybe they are, but it's actually, I think, maybe one of the most important factors on whether or not Rick and Morty sells out, and that is Stranger Things. Now, I think there is a little bit of a silent race going on to show the game first, like which game will be shown first. Will it be Rick and Morty, which we now have confirmation that it's coming, or will it be Stranger Things from Stern Pinball, which I'm hearing is already on a ship to Europe, which I'm hearing will be in arcades and barcades starting December 22nd. So that means they have to show it next week if that's going to happen. So we literally could have a two-horse race next week between Stranger Things and Rick and Morty as both manufacturers are trying to get our money, to, to get us to go in with what they have offered. Now, for, as far as two huge themes people are loving when it comes to pinball, I, I think they're both juggernaut themes. I think they, obviously Stranger Things is much bigger, has more mass appeal, but I actually think, and I'm going to say this, I actually think Rick and Morty translates so much better to pinball than Stranger Things does. And I've watched every Stranger Things season. I've seen every single show of Stranger Things. But I don't think that kind of show translates as well into a pinball experience. Because I think Rick and Morty will just be way more fun with, with the, the, the zany nature of the show, the hilarity of the, of the comedy in that show, and the fact that you've got the creator of the franchise working with Spooky Pinball, I think it's going to be so fun jumping from dimension to dimension uh, with all the R-rated humor from the show in your pinball experience. And, you know, to me, that the prospect of playing that excites me more than playing a Stranger Things pinball machine uh, because I just can't see Stern putting all of the assets you would need to make Stranger Things incredible. And it's also just like, I don't know, there's just like, the three seasons of Stranger Things are so radically different. They don't connect together as well as the four seasons of, of Rick and Morty do. Because the Rick and Morty is kind of like a schizophrenic show where it's like every episode's like in a different dimension and all this weird zany stuff. But it all connects in, in a tighter way um, than Stranger Things might for pinball. Um, okay, but that being said, that being said, I think Chuck wants to be able to get approval from Cartoon Network and Adult Swim to show us Rick and Morty as soon as possible so he can get those 750 non-refundable uh, orders locked in before people see Stranger Things. I mean, they must be 
in somewhat of a race to get in front of Stranger Things. And that is why they are anxiously waiting to show us something. I think it's going to be early this week. I don't know for sure. But man, I think it would definitely impact the sales of Rick and Morty if Stranger Things were shown before Charlie can show us Rick and Morty. And and, and it's easy to understand why. Because Stern is going to get everyone who wants a Stranger Things, everybody who wants one, will have the version they want within the first three months of the game being out. You won't have to wait very long. The problem for Charlie and selling out with this game, and people have mentioned this, and I want to talk about this because it, you know, the more I study how they're going to sell this game, the more I listen to distributors talk about it, Chuck talk about it, there's going to be an issue with this game. And there's no avoiding it. There is just going to be far more demand for the game than there is supply. And there's going to be far more demand for the game and to get the game in a timely manner than they can produce these games. I mean, you ask any manufacturer, the the biggest nightmare you have is not that people won't want your product. It's that too many people might want it. In, in too fast of a time period and you just simply can't make the games fast enough and Chuck is going to run into that immediately but that's not the real issue the real issue is this and if you read and maybe I'm confused here and maybe the, I, I talked about this earlier but I think it all boils down to one thing and one thing only you, I think they're going to ask people to buy the game and give a non-refundable deposit before those people know what their spot number is. And I don't think you can quite do it that way. There is no way you can have everybody cramming through the door when those order banks go live and all of a sudden, what is it, a race? How are you going to, I don't even know if their servers are going to be able to handle 750 people trying to order a game all at once. Okay, And then what happens is this. You're locking everyone in into a non-refundable spot and then they don't know what spot they are until after they've paid. And I think an analogy to this, and someone said this, I don't know who it was, but they're like, it's like paying for your dinner first. Right? You, you go into a restaurant and you prepay for your dinner, but then the restaurant tells you it's a three-hour wait before you can be seated. But you've already paid. So then you're like, well, F it. I, 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 would have, I would have left and gone to eat somewhere else, but I can't because I already paid for the meal. I think that is the best analogy of what happens if a guy comes through the door, what he thinks is right away and two weeks early, and all of a sudden he's learning that like he's spot number 685 and he has to wait over a year to get his game. And then he's going to be like, well, I think you're going to see a lot of head scratching. Now, what do I think is the solution to this problem? Here's what I think Chuck should do. And, and it's not too late to do this. And I know they listen to the show. Here's what I think Charlie should do. I don't think they're going to have any problem selling all 750, I can't even speak, 750 Rick and Mortys. All these games are going to sell. I don't think they should have any of the insecurity they probably had around Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie. They're going to sell every single one. But what I think they should avoid doing this time around, knowing that they're going to sell these games, okay? I think they should remove 
the non-refundable deposit part of this scenario. That to me is the only big error in how they're handling it this time around. Because once you make it non-refundable, then I think what they're doing is wrong on a title with this much demand. They are then putting the burden on the consumer who now has to wait maybe six months or 12 months or 18 months to get a game. The burden of that consumer is, is, is if they want out because they didn't know they were getting a high number spot and now they don't want it anymore because they don't want to wait a year, the burden is now on the consumer to find a new buyer for that spot when I think that burden should be on the manufacturer. And I don't even think it'll be a burden for Charlie. I just don't think it's fair to ask people to lock in not knowing where they're locking themselves into. And I, and I think I think if he removes that, it's fine because here's what will happen then. Here's what will happen. Here's, here's the scenario in, in, in how I would do it and how I see it unfolding is that the day the games go up for sale, Chuck opens up the order banks. I think he sells all 750, okay? Now, I think it's going to sell out. I think you're going to have more than 750 people who want the game, okay? Now, there are going to be people who realize they get a high-numbered game that are going to wait a long period of time. Now, some of those people are not going to be happy about that, and they're going to want to get out, and that's fine. I think you let those people give up their spot, and you sell it to someone else. But don't lock those people's money in. I wouldn't lock anyone's money in other than maybe the first 50 or 100. You know, lock people's money in and, and say, you know, when their order is final. Like, this is it. You're, you're, you're done. The way you want your game, whether it's a Bloodsucker Edition with Butter Cabinet, you have, have a window, a period in which once, you, once your deposit's required, that's it. It's non-refundable because we need to order the parts for your game. So maybe that's the first 250 people are locked in, but those people won't have a problem locking their money in because they know they're going to get a game soon, right? I think he, he's got to figure out a system in which not everybody's locked in and he's never done it for 18 months commitment like this. And I think if he does that, it'll be a win-win because I do think there's going to be enough people out in the world who are okay with waiting to get their game and they're okay in buying a spot later on down the line. But I do think there's going to be a bunch of people who want to get out who didn't realize how long the wait would be. And I just think the manufacturer should be the one who who finds new buyers. I, I just don't think it should be put on the customer to have to go, uh, you know, listed for you know, for sale. Because because also think about it like this. For all those millions in Rick and Morty fans who, by the way, I don't think are going to be that aware of this before it's too late. Because remember, if, if, if you have to be a fan club member to get in early, all these things are going to be sold out before the Adult Swim advertisements start airing for th this game. So they're all going to be spoken for. And so I think you're going to get a huge amount of Rick and Morty fans who come in later on and they're going to want the game and it might behoove Chuck and company to maybe keep a couple hundred spots available for that fan base when they finally become aware of how this thing is going to be sold, right? Because I right now I think it's it's just pinheads on pinside and spooky fan club members that are aware of what's going on and how to get one of these games early, okay? 
So that's my suggestion. I mean, look, I think this is a good problem to have for Chuck. I do. I'm really excited. I'm in on the game. I really want uh, a Rick and Morty pinball machine. I think this is going to be the game that goes in, in, in place of my Batman. Uh, I, I've been watching the show. I'm on season two right now, episode one. I'm loving it. It's such a weird show. It's such a weird show. Uh, I, I'm enjoying it. I really am enjoying it. And every episode, I just keep thinking about how fun it is to have a Rick and Morty pinball machine cursing at me and, and Rick cursing Morty out for being such a loser. I love it. I love it. I It's my kind of humor just to take a step back and be like, F you, Morty. Anyway, um, so I think that's what they should do. I think they need to figure out a way not to lock in all the money right away. But look, devil's advocate, if you're chucking company, you're like, Chris, what are you talking about? Let's lock in everybody before Stranger Things is shown, before Ninja Turtles is shown, before Roz is available. If they lock in everything now, then it's peace of mind for 18 months. He doesn't have to worry about anything. He doesn't have to worry about finding new people. He doesn't have to worry about transferring over like people's specific orders to other people. It's smooth sailing for the next 18 months. So that's the other side of it, right? He either makes it easier for himself or he makes it easier for customers. And 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 finding that balance is is I, I know they're struggling with this. Believe me, I, I've, I've spoken to them. I know they're struggling with this. They have never had a game like this. Distributors that are handling spooky games are struggling with this. They've also never had this kind of excitement for a spooky game. So it's all a good problem to have, but I do think uh, locking people in who don't know they have to wait 18 months isn't exactly the best thing to do, okay? But again, it's all pinball, right? Any of these issues, real issues? So let's see what happens. I'm excited. I can't wait to give my deposit. I got my money waiting for this game, all right? And I'm, I'm going bloodsucker. I'm going bloodsucker, butter cabinet. You give me the works, Chuck. I want everything in this game. I want the, I want the salt, the pepper, the, the ketchup, the mayo, the mustard. I want everything available for this game. Uh, I, why would you not order it with everything on it? Now, someone said something funny. If, if, if most of what they make are butter, not butter, but bloodsucker editions, then the non-bloodsuckers become the LEs. It is funny when you think about it. But then by that, by that rationale, the standard edition Pirates of the Caribbeans are the rarest ones. Who cares about rarity? Just I think if you love the theme and love the game, you're going to want it the most dressed up as possible. Okay, like Willy Wonka fans, they want the collector's edition simply because it's the nicest version. There's nothing else. The gameplay is not different, but it's just the nicest version of the game. All right. Star Wars Topper. We waited two and a half years and Stern Pinball is sending out a topper in which the plaque, the limited edition plaque is on the back of the topper. Now, normally I would just add in a, like a Marty laugh track there, but what the, f <laughs> like what? Like wh who who decides these things? Even if it was, uh, you know, Lucas and Disney that decided that they had to do that, it's stupid, it's asinine. Why would you put a plaque on the opposite side of a topper? You'll never see it. There's the only moment in which you'll see that plaque is when you are taking the thing out of the box and then installing it, and then it's gone. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's just, you know what it is? It's the icing on the cake to what I think is the dumbest topper ever at 750 bucks. And this just adds insult to injury that the damn plaque that they kept touting, you can't even see it. 
you can't even see it. I mean, come on, this whole thing. You know, the whole topper discussion of 2019 has probably been one of the most exhausting and dumbest subject matters that we've ever discussed in the pinball world. And I'll just say this, a topper should ship with a game. Is it that hard to have a topper division that has their damn thing ready when the game is ready? And here's the other part too, and this is where I think companies get tripped up, is oftentimes when they do the contracts with the licensor, they don't put the topper in as part of the entire package that they're licensing. And I think that's what holds up some of these toppers is they have to go back and get another round of approval because they didn't have it in there originally. But people like toppers, and I've been saying this, toppers are great revenue stream, but man, freaking, who wants to wait two and a half years and have the plaque on the back of the damn thing? All right, what else is going on in pinball? Oh man, I've been trying to like, I'm trying to look at like what games have been for sale. There's a lot of games going up for sale. People are making room for stuff. There's a lot of really good deals to be had. I think one of the worst sales is some guy was offering, he wanted $9,000 for a used Munsters LE. And then immediately, like the next day, it was 8,800 bucks or 8,500 bucks. Someone forgot to tell him that Munsters LEs are now like $7,800, like 7,500 bucks. Munsters secondhand pricing has tanked. Tanked. I mean, you can get like a premium now, beautiful premium black and white monsters for like six grand, 6,500. And that price is gonna keep going down and down and down. It is a great, it is a great time to be a secondhand pinball buyer. But here's, I would just keep waiting. Look, we all know this. In the next six months, the oversaturation of titles is going to lead to so many good deals to be had. I can't wait. I can't wait. But you know what? When you look at Rick and Morty Frenzy, you know, people want the new stuff. People want what's next. They will always want what's next in a category like this. And Rick and Morty is a great theme. It's going to be a crazy week watching how this thing unfolds. And the craziest part is this, and then I'll let everybody go like 44 pages of hysteria. Everyone's trying to bang on the door to get one. Everyone's worried it's going to sell out. We haven't even seen a goddamn thing. We saw the underside of the cabinet. And by the way, I'm here to confirm that the the right slingshot is not a slingshot. It's a pop bumper. That's what it is. It's not a sling. It's a pop. And I heard it's so much fun that you know Scott even wanted to have both of them be pop bumpers. But you know, you got to have a little bit of a traditional design or people go nuts. But we haven't even seen the game. Will it live up to the hype? I mean, we're going to find out this week. I'm almost at the point where like nothing could live up to this hype. Um, But, you know, that's pinball. We we hear about something we want. And in our minds, it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, But it's still going to just be a pinball machine, people. Don't think it's actually going to transport you from one dimension to the other. Um, but we didn't talk about the uh, the underside of the playfield that we saw. But you know, it looks like there's a uh, a portal. Uh, there's a subway. The, I think one ball is going to go into the portal and it's going to come out somewhere else. I think there's going to be uh, three flippers. I think there's a magnet. I think there's a pop bumper where the sling is. There's going to be. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about the underside of a playfield. Um, we're going to see it this week. We will see it this week. So a lot more discussion coming. I, I do think they're going to sell out, 
but I do think people are going to be unhappy if they're way down the line. And I do think Spooky should let people get their money back or transfer those spots over with without taking deposits uh, after a certain amount. I would say like, look, the first 250 people we have to lock in or maybe make it 500 or after that, you know, we'll give you the option because we've never done over 500 games. So we're going to give you the option to to sell your spot if you don't want. And here's what happens. Here's what happens when you tell people, well, we'll sell your spot to someone else. All they've got to say is we have a huge wait list of people to get a game. Are you sure you want to sell it? And everyone's going to be like, nope, I'll keep it. That's all you got to do. It's easy to be like, oh, I'll let it go because it'll come back again. If you just if you just tell people maybe it won't come back again, but it will. For those of you out there, every game becomes available. Every game. You're going to be able to get a Rick and Morty spot. Uh, at you know for basically what someone else paid for it it's 750 is not that small of a number it's not people underestimate how few people out there in the world actually care about pinball let alone have this kind of money to spend on pinball machines it's not as big as people think it's not as big as i mean think of money look at money fans the beatles have like wh- where was that fan base those people have tons of money they did not swoop in and buy the game. Do you guys want a little rumor at the end of this podcast? Can I can I end with something I haven't said before? Uh, let's see. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, you know me because I'm so good with rumors. I get them right. You know, half of the time my rumors are right all of the time. But here's what I heard is happening. Here, here's a, here's a really interesting rumor. I heard, and take it for what it's worth, I heard that Harry Potter pinball may be a reality and well not let me let me backtrack i heard that harry potter pinball is being pursued and it is being pursued by kapow and that a foam core version of the game was submitted to warner brothers and and, and rowling's company uh for possible approval so a treatment of what a harry potter pinball machine could be was was uh, put out there. So I know that Harry Potter would be a beyond juggernaut theme. It would be the biggest thing probably ever to happen in pinball because it is the most contemporary biggest franchise next to like Star Wars. Uh, but Harry Potter, I think, would just, I don't know, people would just lose their minds for it. So that is what I heard. As much as we've heard like J.K. Rowling doesn't like pinball, uh, Kapow and Joe Kamakow, if there's anybody that could ink a deal and figure out a way, it's him. And so that's what I'm hearing. Harry Potter by Kapow being being explored. Let's use that word. It's being explored. All right. Don't so don't don't hold so imagine that though. Harry Potter 2020 as a Kapow Stern title. Wow. See, it just, this is why I sold two pinball machines and put like 32K in the bank. Cause I just, it's just fun to wait and see what comes out. It's more fun to do this than it is to just run and buy like every single game. I mean, I feel so bad for Frolic. He like bought every single Stern machine just during the wrong period of time. He should have waited. He should have waited. Anyway, everyone, have a great weekend. We're going to be back with more episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And obviously, we are going to see Rick and Morty soon. I want to get Scott Denisi on the show. I want to get Chuck and company on the show. We're going to get everyone we can on the show. 
Um, I look forward to uh, seeing the madness this week. It's going to be an awesome week. Uh, so yeah, you'll probably hear from me like, who knows? It could be tomorrow if they show the game tomorrow night. It, we're, we'll be back real soon. Trust me on that. Have a great day, everybody. Mm-hmm.